Hello there and welcome to Two Geeks Talk Movies. I am your host, John, and with me as always is my co-host, Joanne. Hey. Hey there. Right, so how are you then? I'm doing okay, can't complain. Yourself? Mm, yeah, this is an unplanned break we had because mm. I was not feeling too well and no, it wasn't one from Miss Rona, it was from Miss Florenza. Mm. She is, so hmm... I mean, honestly, God, I felt like absolute crap for the last uh, week or so. So that was joyful. I mean, yeah, when you were describing how you were feeling to me, I was slightly worried about you. I was thinking, God, I hope you've not got the dreaded C. No, no, that's no, not Miss Rona, Miss Bluenza, you know, mm-hmm. the, the yeah. weaker cousin of, of Miss Rona, you know, uh, good old Flo. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, either one is just not not nice to have, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, so, hmm. But anyway, like I say, is I am back to my um, almost formidable self, you know. My throat's <laughs> a bit croaky, but hey-ho, I'll deal with that one when it comes to it. Yeah. <clears throat> no, it was, anyway. So tonight, we are covering uh, Joanne's pick of a month, which is the 50s of February. Mm. Um, so why did you pick 50s February? Honestly, I just thought, what what can I go for February that, could, that we could do for movies? And then I thought, well, what about... 50 they both start with f it was just a <laughs> stupid and as simple as that they both start with f and then i thought well there's probably some slightly better movies from the 50s than what they were from the 40s and they're probably yeah. easy to get so yeah that's very true that's very very true and next month we are doing mini monster march Mm. Oh, that's a tongue twist and a half for you so hmm that should be interesting and before you ask no we haven't picked our movies yet so <laughs> <laughs> So tonight we are here to cover The House of Wax, which is a remake of Mystery of the Wax Museum, which Mm. was a 1933, I think it was, 1933 movie. Yes. Now, have you seen that one now? I have. I've seen it many years ago. Mm -hmm. I watched it um, while writing up this review, actually, and... Mm. The two of them are eerily, it's pretty much, I think House of Wax is shot for shot, but the bits and pieces are slightly changed. But yeah. yeah. The, the um, mystery of the House of, of Royal House called Wax Museum is weird. I mean, you have this weird, sassy, blonde, mouthy blonde in this who's fighting to get acceptance at a newspaper. She could become a, a writer for a newspaper. Mm. And she takes forward the whole mystery of the House of Wax sort of thing. Mm. And towards the end of it, she goes with a married rich man away. Okay then, what happened to you being a sassy, take no shit person? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, mm. yeah, it's weird. Like you say, it's almost copying paste. This is almost copying paste from it. But yeah, it, the the characters in it are portrayed slightly. I would say slightly better. I'm not mm. liking. I'm not liking Cassie in the at all. The whole yeah. materialistic him, yeah. but yeah. Mm. I like it, it's a good movie. Yeah, so this one stars the late, great Vincent Price before he became the great Vincent Price, you know? I mean, mm. I think this was the first movie he'd done in, I think it was seven years, I think it was. Wow. So, yeah, his career was on the skids um, by the late 40s, early 50s, and then this came out and boom, he became Vincent Price, horror meister, you know? So, yeah. Also, in this cast, we had Caroline Jones, did you spot her, by the way? I did. Morticia Adams of Adams Family. Yeah, that's it. Uh, we also had Charles Bronson 
Deathwish, Charles Bronson. So yeah, that was interesting. I went, oh my god, that's Charles. Jesus, jinkies. Yeah, uh, I thought uh, he was in this. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this was the start of the 3D craze in the really? 50s, uh, which sadly lasted for four short years. And it came back in the 80s. Wow. So I think it was like four years in the 80s or three or four years in the 80s. It came back in the noughties and it lasted, what was that, about five years? Yeah. And it went, poof, so, hmm. So this was one of the first, actually the first studio movie to be shot in 3D. Uh-huh. This was a year after, what the hell was the first one called again? The first 3D movie was, uh, was it A Mystery in the Dark or something that was called? I have um, no idea. Mm, which came out, I think it was the beginning of uh, 1953, and this is the mid-1953, came out in March 53. So, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, actually, do you tell you something real interesting? Do you know what the world's first 3D movie is called? No. It's called uh, The Power of a Love from 1933. Wow. Is that the thing about the, uh, the man's face in the moon? Or something? Or am I thinking of like the world's first older movie or something? Uh, no, that the, the the Man in the Moon is uh, I think it's called Voyage to the Moon. I think it's called. Is it? No, yeah. I have a different movie then. <clears throat> mm, mm. Because I done a lot of research on 3D stuff this morning, mm. and I was kind of stunned. Apparently, the world's first 3D uh, image was 18. What was it? 18 something? 1833? I think it was 1839. So I was like, ooh. Okay, then that was weird. Wow, that so must have looked. Yeah, it predates television for crying out loud. So I'm like, mm. fuck, that one works with me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what was I going to say? When did you first see this one then? Oh, I, I seen this um, many years ago, but I hadn't, again, I hadn't watched it in many years. So I only watched it this morning, sadly. Mm, okay, okay. I was just that's about, oh, I don't know, 18, 20, 20 odd years ago. Back mm. when I had as a Vincent Price kick to watch all of his movies, uh, and I got around about two dozen, and I stopped. <laughs> so I realised he's like fucking about twenty million movies, <laughs> so <laughs> I stopped. Oh my god! Wow. It's like, Jesus Christ. So my favourite of his films being The House in Haunted Hill, mm. which is deliciously camp. Yep. Uh, and it is way OTT. I mean, what's coming up for this, for this podcast actually? We must. Uh, so, hmm. so what's your favourite Vincent Price movie? Um, I'm gonna say, uh, uh, what's the first one we did for Schlockley? Um, uh, uh, Tales of Terror. Uh, Tales of Terror, yes. That yes. one, I really yeah. like that. I really like that one. They were just camp and mysterious and great, and it was just there was just something about it. It was great. Mm. Yeah, that's, that's very true. Very, very true. Like I say, is this um gave Vincent Price a second wind. This was before mm-hmm. The Fly and before all of his Vincent, uh, Vincent Price, his Edgar Allan Poe stuff. Wow. Uh, so there we have that one. This is 53. So this is his comeback then? Mm-hmm. This is his comeback, yeah, because The Fly was 55, I think it was, 56. Mm-hmm. Um, and The Poe stuff was the early 60s. So this was his comeback. This was his second wind in his career. Wow. Wow. So there we have that one. Interesting so, fact. Price, your favourite um, horror um, actor from this era, then? B movie actor, I would say yes. Yeah. Yes. My favourite male B movie actor because mm. there's a few other 
Uh, yeah. A few actors out there are are interesting. Uh, yeah. but I would say my favourite B movie is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, mm. which I must have seen about I don't know a hundred times. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, 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 yeah. Like I said, I mean, yeah, I've seen about two dozen Vincent Price movies. So mm. yeah, I would say he's my favourite B movie actor. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, even in his most ridiculous role, he gives it gravitas. Hmm. Definitely. Um, definitely. I mean, for. Africana going to um even with that movie, they're like the one actor that stands out as being the best on screen. Mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. for me. Um mm. but yeah, I can see why you like him. He's good at what he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean even in his worst movie I've seen um to date, which is an awful nineteen eighty three, I think it was eighty three, eighty four movie with Kenny Everett in it. Uh, mm. called uh, what's that blood something uh-huh. what the hell is it bloodshed uh, I must look it up it's on Netflix um, mm-hmm. so if you google it on there and you'll find it and oh my god it is abysmal uh, Kenny oh. Everett plays a Nazi or a German <laughs> with a robotic leg and it's like oh my god uh, Vincent Price plays a cult leader in it as you do. <laughs> um, Why not? Something about a haunted house and something about. Okay, I, mean, I must do it for this podcast, but because it's ridiculous, it's just. It's like, uh, wait, what? I mean, I I was watching it and I was in a complete haze. It was just, it was like a fever dream, <laughs> you know. <laughs> it, it was just washed over me, and I was like, "Is this a movie? <laughs> I'm watching this. Is this real life?" <laughs> you know, when you get movies like you like. Yeah, you just, yeah, yeah, just like that is the most surreal thing ever. Like, what the fuck? Uh. <laughs> I was sitting there going, "What's in this drink?" <laughs> 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 and I was going, "Wait, is that Kenny Everett? Wait, is he playing? Is he got a robotic leg? What the fuck is happening here?" That's like, yeah. So, hmm. Anyway, so uh, interesting facts. Everett. Kenny oh Everett as a Nazi with a robotic leg—that's something we all have to just go watch. <laughs> oh, oh my God, it's just so. I'm like, wait, mm-hmm. what? Something about a haunted house and ghosts that possess things, and I have no idea what the fuck's wow. happening. Like, what the fuck is happening here? <laughs> wow. I had no idea what was happening. I'm going, what is what? what? Anyway, move on. So I'll talk about some interesting facts I've about this one. Okay. The director was blind in one eye, so he couldn't see the 3D effects. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, should have laughed. Oh. <laughs> anyway, um, Price's fear during the House of Wax fire was real. They actually mm. lost control of that fire and set, set fire to the entire set, including the fucking roof. The fire was so severe it melted through the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so Price um, had minor burns on his head on his um, face, and his hair was singed, and his eyebrows were singed off. So that was a real roaring fire. I was like, Oh my God. God. No wonder I was watching it going, oh, that's pretty well well done. No wonder, because it was out of fucking control. Yeah, Yeah. I can't believe it melted the roof and it melted the floor. I was like, what the fuck? Um, What was he? Phyllis Kirk only did this role to get Warner Bros. off her back, because she was in one of these... um, multi-deal pictures this is the last one to get rid of Warner Brothers she wow. did not yeah she did not like this script in fact they had to 
they had to put in a lawsuit, threaten a lawsuit, not get to do this thing. <gasps> so she did it because um, um, she liked working with Vincent Price, and that's why she did it. Mm. But she thought this thing was beneath her and was a gimmick movie and was not worth her time. So Warner Brothers forced into this thing, and by the end of it, she went, yeah, it was shite, but I liked Vincent Price. <laughs> so, <laughs> my God, it was like, bloody hell. Uh, Price was given the cold shoulder by Warner Brothers because they thought his makeup was, quote, too realistic and turned some of the, the Warner Brothers executives green as they were sick all over the place when they first saw the uh, first uh, rules of this thing. Right. So he was blacklisted from Warner Brothers. What? Good grief. I mean, I suppose this was the 50. My God, mm. if they thought that was them sitting and they really wouldn't survive with modern, with modern no. stuff with them. No. Um, this was shot in 28 days under budget, even though um, the budget was something like, what was it, 1.4 million? And this was done for $600,000. Good grief. So, oh my God. I love this one. Vincent, uh, Bella Lagosi was given credit for this movie. He isn't even in the fucking thing, but he's credited as this movie's saviour because he was in the trailers for it, I think. I'm like, what the fuck? And he was in all the... The sort of uh, foyer posters and stuff like that. I'm going really. So, so was he cut from the movie, or was it just Mm-mm. a gimmick? Like just put Bella Lugosi's name to it all, and that will make. Basically, money? from what I understand, Bella Lugosi was shot up uh, various premieres for this movie, dressed uh-huh. in, in his Dracula cape, and come out of the limousine and uh-huh. do a bit for it, then walk away, and that was him. So he had nothing to do with this movie. He was just doing for PR. He was just doing it for PR. I'm like. So, hmm. Um, oh yes, the guillotine scene. That's a real mm-hmm. guillotine, and that is real fear in that guy's face because it nearly cut his head off. I'm not. I don't know. I was just thinking that could have gone so wrong. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, the stuff in this movie I found was ridiculous. I'm surprised this fucking actually get made. By the way, we'll go mm-hmm. throughout the movie. So okay. let's get into the, the the nuts and bolts of this thing then. As I says, this is a $600,000 budget, and this thing pulled in $23.7 million. Now, in today's money, that's a $6.2 million budget, and it pulled in $241.9 million. So this was gangbusters. Oh, my God. I mean, Jesus Christ, it's like fucking hell. Oh. Could you imagine that? But a $6 million budget pulls in $240 plus million dollars it's like fucking Good hell grief. i mean jesus jinkies mm. so let's go into the cast we have vincent price phyllis kirk caroline jones frank lovejoy and charles abronson directed by andre de tooth his name the plot when a successful house of wax owner fails to sell out his quote-unquote educational house of wax for um, the shock and gore of modern um, Madame Tussauds style House of Waxes. His business partner knocks him out, burns down the House of Wax and leaves him for dead. As his, as he clicks on the insurance monies for the, the, the house and the property. Two years later, he shockingly comes back from quote-unquote retirement, the, the um, House of Wax owner, that is not the shyster businessman. Business this time, however, his House of Wax is more interested in shock and awe plus he is in a wheelchair and is horribly burned when a business partner is killed 
uh, and his body is stolen. A horribly burned man is seen around town, terrorising pretty young women as he does. Who is this? Will the House of Wax be saved? And will it be successful? I find out here. That is a truly awful fucking plot. Somebody, but whoever wrote that in INAB should be taking a fucking shot. Wow. <laughs> Maybe stop, stop stealing an INAB. <laughs> 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 I mean, that was a... Oh, dear God. Right. That, <clears throat> yeah, that was painful to get through. Who who read, who wrote that on I, mm. I And they read it and went, yeah, let's publish it. God almighty. Anyway, so this was, as I said earlier, this mm. is pretty much a shot-for-shot remake of the 1933 one. The sets are different, of course, mm-hmm. and some of the writing is different because the third one was about sexism, I think it was, and this one's about revenge. I don't yeah. know what this one's about, actually, so, hmm. Um, but like I say, if you actually watch the third one and this one, you'll find out it's pretty much shot for shot, right down oh, to the, yep. the head of the, the Igor person. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Which... Would you say this is actually a shorter shot, or would you say this is a more modernised version of that? I would say it's a modernised version of it. Again, it's almost, a, a, there are at least 80% of the scenes that are almost copy and paste from 1933. Mm. But, you know, it, it's definitely a modernised version of it. Um, mm. it. You know, you only have to look at it, to even if you... That hadn't seen all of the 1933, or even just seen the trailer for it, for it, and then seen the, you would definitely get the link anyway mm. between the two. So yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I also said I watched the mystery of the of the wax museum, and I mm. swear to God, they used the same sets and used some of the same dolls, or no dolls, mannequins. Or yeah, dolls. It, it looks like they've used the that same prop. Hmm. 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 I mean, I don't get it. Like I said, the 33 one is more about this blonde woman fighting to be a newspaper reporter. Mm-hmm. But this being the, I think it was the 20s that one was set in. Yeah. If uh, not, was filmed in the 30s. And she was supposed to be this this big shot reporter. Uh, I think Lois Lane. <laughs> um, but by the end of it, she sells out for a multi-millionaire. I'm going, what happened to your hoops, my love? I mean, <laughs> one minute you're fighting off. Um, the, the the horrible burned man. Next minute, you're selling off for a multi-millionaire. What the fuck is mm. going on? That one, it's like that doesn't sort of mesh. And she has a love of her life as it said in the car. She's like, eh, hey, whatever. Puts the blinds in. I'm going. I'm going right to the end. But mm. yeah, I kind of weird one. The the almost shall we say the original House of Wax <laughs> because mm. uh, like you say, uh, almost about female empowerment, like trying to make it in what's in her quote unquote man. Yeah. Well, especially at that time but then it just shows that and then by the end of the movie they make her very greedy and it's a case of that man get how much money okay they will they'll go for my career come no matter you mm. and you can keep me it's very very weird to go from female empowerment to almost materialistic you know gold, gold digger as she would be seen nowadays yeah yeah, I mean, if she says to him, I'll marry you for now. How much money do you have? I'm going, oh, that's a, a moving on. So back to this thing. It opens up on the House of Wax, showing historical scenes of the famous persons before they de- the de- their death. We have Joan of Arc. We also have uh, John Wilkes Booth, who shot, uh, was it Lincoln he shot? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, Lincoln. Um, we also have various other ones, including uh, Marianne Antoinette. Which is the, the the whole, I don't know, the whole um, 
plot of this movie actually was based on that one uh, doll, I would say. Yeah, almost this. <clears throat> I mean, like I say, I don't know, I, I think these, these um, uh, mannequins or, or dummies or dolls, what you call them, really eerie, or is it just me? Yeah, I mean, I've always found something kind of creepy about mannequins and things and whitebooks and things like that, to where you'll never catch me and say, Madam Tussaud. Um, mm. They freak me out. Um, so yeah, there was something very, very eerie, especially that 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 shot at the end when the when the building is burning down and it shows that one almost unburnt mannequin and he just happened to have a a grinning face. I was like, yeah, that's creepy. Mm. Interesting enough, when this first came out, this was given an X for extreme mm. terror because. When the, the wax is melting off the face, they thought it was real flesh and not wax. So it's giving an X. And it's like, oh my God. Wow. So, although it's kind of creepy actually how you're watching the, the wax melting off and the the, the face coloured wax, the skin coloured wax comes off. And it's like, wow, as it all just starts to melt, then the eyes pop out and it all melts into its a big ball of goo. And I'm going, wow, this yeah. is melting fast. <laughs> Yeah, it plays on your psyche a little bit because you look at that and although you know for 90% of you know she had dummy, it's a lot of work, but they look so real that, yeah, when the minute they start melting, you kind of do feel like your skin kind of crawl, at least mine did, a little bit like, oh, geez, that looks a little bit unsettling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So then we meet Professor Jared, played by Vincent Price. By I love the tash he has in the beard. <laughs> it's just so art douche, you know. Yeah. Um, he is quote unquote the world's greatest wax sculptor, working in his back office. In walks his business partner Matthew Burke, played by Ray Roberts. He wants Professor Jared to sell out. Instead of making educational waxworks, he wants to have more shock, gore, and disgusting ones like Madame Tussauds. Jared says, no, he wants to have educational ones only. Now, have you actually been to Madame Tussauds? I have. One. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking to myself, is Madame Tussauds really that gory? I mean, I know they have the House of Horror sort of stuff, but is the rest of it gory? It's more creepy than gory. <laughs> no, um... The one I was in um, was in a seaside resort in England, so mm-hmm. it didn't even have the House of Horror stuff. It had some, but not a big selection. And yet, I wouldn't have said it was gory. No, the only thing I found interesting, again, is the actual mannequins, because there's something completely lifelike about them that you think, oh, gee, no, that's a bit creepy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're not gory. No, I mean, I've been to the Madame to Swords in Blackpool. That's the one I was talking about, yeah. Um, and they had a hot House of Horror section mm. um, at the back. When it was way back in the, God, when was it now? The 90s, the mid-90s. Yeah. The early 90s. And I had this weird sort of horror section at the back. I had like people in the rack and stuff like that. Mm. And I'm going, okay then. But would you say that's educational or would you say that's gory? I mean, it depends <clears throat> on the person. For me, I find it educational because, you know, Sadly, these were torture devices that people were put through. So, mm. for me, it's educational, but I suppose there are some people out there who just see the gore in it and, you know, take it mm. as that and miss out the history. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I was in London years ago, mm. we went to the Modern Tutorials in London, but the queue was an hour and a half wait just to get in. I was like, fuck that. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't do that one, so no. Mm-hmm. no. So, hmm. Yeah. 
I've not been to one in London, just the one in Blackpool. And mm. yeah, again, that was that was only about six years ago, and mm. they had a house of horror section as well. Um, mm. And again, it wasn't gory. There wasn't for them being, you know, world famous, you know, waxwork museums and sculptures and things like that. They are their attempt at gore that didn't, didn't fill me with joy. It just made no. me think you know, that's the best you can do. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm. I'm not it's, saying I could do any better. I just wasn't impressed for these people meant to be masters of the craft, you know? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So let's go back to this movie. So Professor Jared tells Burke he has an, a rich art critic coming to possibly buy him out. Mm. This guy is... Sydney Wallace, played by Paul Kavaha. Uh-huh. Yeah, Kavaha. He says he would like to buy him out for $20,000. Now, today's money, that's $210,000. Wow. So, hmm. Burke is all ears until Wallace says he is only interested in maybe three months' time. And Burke's like, nope, that's not good for me. I want the money now because I've got possible business ventures that are shady as fuck and we can get like triple the money in a matter of 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 days and i'm going yeah mate why are you in 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 bed with this professor jared guy if you're if you're a a rich quick person yeah why would they have ever looked at why would they have ever looked at professor jared work and thought that's the kind of thing i want to invest in Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm i mean they're going to say Madden Two Swords was the main competitor, and I'm thinking, mm-hmm. where is this set? That's what I got to ask all through. I was saying, when the fuck is this thing set, by the way? Because they say Madden Two Swords was their main competitor, and they first opened in 1850, I think it was. Yeah. So or thereabouts there, and I'm thinking, hmm, because I'll I'll point out my problems with this movie because the the time was over at the well place. Yeah, I mean, the, when it shows the street and it's so running throughout the street, it's got a very Dickensian feel. And mm. when we see Jared without his wax mask on, um, it's all very, again, Dickensian. But mm. then again, there's other times when you go, well, hold on a minute, your timeline flipped. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, let me see. So, is it me or is this Jared guy a little off here? He calls his waxworks his, quote, friends. I'm yeah, going, a little. You're a little, hmm. A little insane. Yeah, a little, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I love the fact how he calls his Marie Antoinette his, quote, crown jewel. <laughs> the best thing he's ever done. When what was it? When, when God touches an artist, this is his, his pierced resistance sort of thing. Mm, yeah. And I'm going, ooh, came it dial it back just a scooch, you know. I, I mean, I'm all for artists taking pride in their work and things, but when they literally compare it to God creation, mm. you're like, yeah, you're not that good. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, and as I said, Burke is upstairs listening to this art critic gushing over the place until he overhears. The art critic says, give me three months because I'm going to Africa for some reason. Yeah. Um, And Burke goes, nope, sell this thing now and... Jared's like, nope. So there's a fight scene, and by the way, this fight scene is ridiculous, by the way. What is with this fight scene? It's like, God almighty. It's the fakest thing I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like yeah. the huge late 60s Batman-style punches. <laughs> and I'm going, oh my God. And of course, he sets fire to the Joan of Arc, I think it was. It was the first one he set fire to. No, he set fire to Mary Antoinette first, and that's why he was... Oh, was it? I thought it was Joan of Arc mm. first. Okay, okay. 
Uh, I love the fact how Jared's running around with a little uh, bow of water. I'm going, what the fuck's that going to do, mate? You know? I don't mean by that point, Mary Ann throwing it and melting. And it, again, it came out with like a bedpan, an old-fashioned bedpan full of water. And you're like, yeah, that's not even mm. going to calm down the smoke. Never mind anything else, but okay. Yeah, yeah, I mean, God, hell. So, the, like I said, as I said earlier, um, the the face melting off the dummies mm. uh, gives us an X rating. Wow. Which I think is ridiculous. I'm going, it's wax. You can tell Melbourne it's wax. It's paint and wax. It's, it's getting melted off here. Also, while I'm at it, Vincent's Price's makeup for the disfigurement um, uh-huh. actually gave us an X rated also. And they had to like, redo his makeup because I thought it was too realistic. I'm like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> mm. I mean, that's a, the 50s, the, the mm-hmm. time when Mohit Bella Lagoose's Dracula, the first scene that had women fainting in the cinema. So, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Always yeah. surprised that they've got an X rating. I mean, people were actually fainting in the summer watching this. Also, I'm like, oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake! <laughs> so, crying hmm. out loud. And apparently, each one of these wax figures cost twelve thousand dollars to make. Wow. So that must be enough. That's why the the same wax figures usually later on in the movie. So, hmm. Wow. <clears throat> anyway. So he sits back to the wax and Buck tries to kill Jared by, what does he do? He hit him up a log or something? He hits him and he knocks him out? Yeah, and then he literally throws him into the fire. Mm-hmm. And I've got down here, surely even in the 1800s, must have had an arson detector. They would have found out there was like paraffin or some sort of oil or fluid used mm-hmm. to accelerate the fire. Pretty, it was pretty hard to detect arson in um in the 1800s. Don't forget, forensic science wasn't developed till well into the 1900s. All right, okay. Now. It was 19. Shit, I've lost it, but it was. It was, it was around about the same time this movie was made, never mind say that they discovered forensic sign. So. Okay, 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 fair enough, fair enough. But I just thought, um, surely you, you could detect some sort of accelerant, you know, like a big pool of gasoline, say, <laughs> you know, or something like that. I mean, I don't, I don't know, it just seems to me it was You must bit... have had ways, or at least, you know, just a little bit of common sense and go where that could have started on its own, but who mm. knows? Mm. I will say to you, by the way, this is one of the first problems I have this movie. During this fight scene, Ray Roberts throws a sword at Vincent Price. He had to duck because yeah. it wasn't in the script and it flew mm. past Vincent Price and hit the cameraman in the face. And oh it hit my the camera. God. If you notice that, he throws it at the cam- at Vincent Price. He ducks it and yeah. it flies and it hits the camera. The camera wobbles. Well, it uh-huh. smacked the cameraman in the face. Oh my goodness. So this was the start of the whole unsafe set yeah but because the, build, the building's on fire um they've mm. lost control of the fucking building and the actors are throwing actual swords at each other, uh, like, each other. Well, and not just that um vincent price takes a whole load of fire to the chest and it just bounces back and i'm like mm. yeah you should be rising in pain mm. whether oh, that's scripted or not you know yeah, I think it was the minor burns he had. Um, mm. As I say, his, his hair was singed and his eyebrows were singed. And it's real, like a fear in his fucking face as the place is burning around his ears. It's like, what the hell? Bloody um, hell, indeed. So the building is ablaze. Up pulls a horse-drawn um, 
fire engine and a police thing. We can't call it a fire engine. It was a bloody horse gone. <laughs> when is this set I've got on here? Is it 1850s? 1930s? 1950s? When is this fucking thing set? <laughs> you know? I mean, the fire cart has still been pulled by horse and cart, so it must be the 1850. Mm-hmm. Because they have, I love this one, by the way, they have uh, gas lit lights, which is uh-huh. fair enough. But this place flicks a light switch and it goes on. Yeah. So, oh, somebody fucked up there. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, my God. Not so, the only time they mess up with the lighting when just before Sue discovers Cassie's body, she lights one single match and suddenly the room is lit like you just <laughs> turn it on a lamp. I was like, what? Yeah, oh, God, this, this is ridiculous. I mean, God almighty. So oh. two years later, Burke has cashed in the $25,000 in Stuart. And you try to say to me that entire place is all shit for $25,000. I, mean, I mean, come on. Yeah, in the 1800s, so $25,000 for, you know, a hell of a lot of money. Oh, that's true. That's very true. I suppose that's very, very true. And here we meet con woman Kathy Gray, played by Caroline Jones. Pre-Ado yeah. family, of course. Uh-huh. Blonde hair. I mean, that's what threw me a little bit. I went, is that? That can't be. She's got blonde hair. Then I looked it up it, because it is. It took a minute or two. And then I was like, no, it is. Because it advertises at the start. So it must be. And then when she's in, she, when she's dressed as Joan of Arc with a dark wig on, you're like, yeah, can see it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was the same actually. Yeah, yeah. So um, he's trying to romance her and by buying her all sorts of cheap trinkets and such. Saying mm. that, oh, my dear friend, Professor Jared died two years ago and blah, 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 blah. What is it about this guy's voice, by the way? I was like, what is your voice? I mean, God almighty. Never uh, mind his. Um, no offence to Carlene Jones, what she did in Adam Family and things like that was fantastic. But a voice in this, does she normally speak that high? No, no. I, think, like she was, I think she was trying Marlon Monroe. Well, <laughs> <laughs> stuff which drove me nuts. That little fake uh, she had drove me insane. I've got in here, what is with her voice also? So, yeah, yeah, the two of them had... Yeah. Mm, Mm. I had to turn it down when she when she spoke, especially when she was flirting Dane uh, outrageously sorry with him. Mm, yeah, I was just like, yeah. oh my god, that voice. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So he's trying to say to her that Professor Jared was his great friend and he's eccentric and such and mm. such, blah 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 blah. It took him two years to get the insurance money, but he now has it in cash. I'm going, what? You're walking around the place with twenty five thousand dollars in cash. I mean, yeah. Bloody like, hell! Okay. So she can't go to wait. Uh, say again. She can't wait to get her hooks into him, saying she wants to get married in Niagara Falls that afternoon. He's like, nope, and runs for it. <laughs> <Just like, laughs> I love his face. He's like, where do you want to go? And she's and he's like, we can pick up the license, and you can almost see the colour drop from his face. On what license? Yeah, yeah. What's that you say about license? No, yeah. I mean, God. I'm trying to buy some cheap trinkets and get into your knickers, but I'm not going. I'm going to be, um, Niagara Falls so he can yeah. take half my money off his sort of scenario. So later, Burke returns to his twenty-five thousand dollars in cash. Mm. I mean, I'm going with the hell. And here we meet the burned man who kills him and then hangs him in the lift shaft. Who could it be? I wonder. Hmm. Mm. I mean, I'm going. Really? Who can it be? Oh, Jesus, Jesus. And by the way, I love the fact that he chokes him with a rope and he's dead in a second. He literally just chokes him with the rope and he's dead. Then he wraps the rope around his neck. Yeah. And throws it down the, the old rickety old cage uh, lift shafts. 
I love okay. the fact how um how he doesn't see him looking up from behind the couch though. I'm know. like, what what is wrong with uh per per what's that yeah. name? You know what I'm trying to say? The same yeah, yeah, yeah. Um what is Russell. wrong with her thank you. That's that's hard work to say with her lip. <laughs> um, and what is wrong with her side vision that he can't mm. see him? I was like, Jesus Christ. I mean, Vincent Price is not a short man. He's six foot one in case. Yeah. So, hmm, and he's wearing that ridiculous get-up. I've got down here, why is he dressed like Fanta Ropa meets Jack the Ripper? <laughs> I know, that's what I was thinking. Oh, my God. Oh. I mean, he's he's got that ridiculous sort of, uh, I don't know, half-melted face with the lips that are askew. And he's got this Ooh. black hat on and the black cape. And I'm going... What the fuck? With the gimpy legs, I'm going, oh dear God. Yeah. If he managed to hump that, that Burke's body, who's not a slight man, he's a fairly redundant man mm. on his back. I'm going, bloody hell. I love the fact how he just stands there, boat upright. I'm going, you're maybe dead, mate. You'd be slight, slug. You know, slug. Yeah, I have a thought chat going, yeah, the dead can't hold their own body. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. I love the, 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 the scholarly maid's reaction. She goes, ah! I'm going, <laughs> Really? She waits for about 40 seconds, then reacts to it. I'm going, really love it. It takes you that long to react to the... Oh, dear God. I'm like, did it take that long to register? My oh, God. My Lord, it's ridiculous. I do so, like how grotesque they made them look, though. It was quite yes. good to see that they hadn't... I know they dialed it down for their time, but in terms of what we can see if we see the 50 film, the quote-unquote grotesqueness, you kind of look at it and you think it's at the worst you could have got away with. So I do like the fact that they just kind of went for it with him. With yeah, that. apparently the makeup artist actually had used uh, real burn victims for references, reference wow. guides. So that's wow. a real person's burnt face that they copied. Mm. Wow. So, hmm, maybe that's why it was, it was given an X certificate, because you couldn't see that much gore, that much realism in movies in the 50s mm. and 40s. So, Mm. Yeah, wow. I mean, I suppose that'd be like watching a, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie with actual burns looking, not the fucking streaky chunks of of uh, bad makeup you have in Robert England's Freddy. I mean, as much as I love Robert England's Freddy, the makeup's terrible in his, some of the, the, the latter movies, you know? Yeah, and the remake, yeah. was terrible. Mm. I suppose you're right, though. Like, <laughs> if they had to make um, Freddy a lot more realistic with his burn, then, yeah, he probably would be given a, a higher rating. Mm-hmm. So later on at night, we meet Sue Allen, played by Phyllis Kirk. She's Kathy's roommate. Now, she's putting Kathy into a corset, pulling for all her worth. I love that corset, by the way. She mm-hmm. was, she's going, oh, I can't breathe, not to worry. I don't have to breathe. I just need to look pretty. I'm going, really, love. I was like, that's a shame. Just, you know, and it's like, I don't need to breathe that much. Like, you want, you, if you want to marry him long enough to get to eat money, then yeah, you need to breathe. Mm. I love the fact she turns and says to, to, uh, to Sue, quote, if a woman don't watch her figure, then a man won't. <laughs> and I'm going, oh, fuck off. <laughs> you know, with that ridiculous laugh and that voice, I'm going, oh. how many petticoats was she wearing, by the way? I have no idea. I counted at least three. Mm. I'm just going, how the hell did they have sex in Victorian days? I took my I don't have to get the fucking outfit. 
That was the version of foreplay to take off all the petticoats. Yeah, a four-hour play. <laughs> <laughs> like, exactly. I love the fact she goes, oh, I feel fate. What's wrong with me? Um, Really, love? <laughs> you've got a 16-inch waist and you're wondering why you've, you're feeling faint. Bloody hell. Yeah. It's oh. like, come on, you've pulled your 16-inch waist down to about eight inches and you're wearing empty petticoats. We'd all be feeling faint. Oh, my God. <laughs> I love the fact that Shosa goes, she is a new, richer sugar daddy. Mm. Uh, she's going to uh, take to the bank. As she's saying, I was like, oh, my God. And she piles on the petticoats. I say, sweet mother of Jesus. And she, I says, I've got down here, she can play about hunger pains. Really, love? <laughs> What's the, well, I can't think why you're wearing at least two corsets. You're wearing at least three petticoats. Mm. And you've got that big heavy dress on you. And the top thing, and the hat and the jacket. I'm like, fucking hell, love. She, um, wow. she says that she hasn't eaten all day and she puts down Sue saying quote beauty is the only thing man's after not her brains she shouldn't be as intelligent as she is I'm going, you're a fucking bitch <laughs> you know yeah. like my god you're shallow yeah shallow yeah yeah and then she hands Sue 50 cents the last of their money mm. and Keeping in mind the landlord hasn't been paid yet for the month, let alone the week, because they say that, oh my God, we haven't paid her in a week. And most of these um, um, halfway houses were paid daily. Yeah. Especially in New York. They were. So, the majority were in that time. Yeah, yeah. So if they haven't paid her in a week, let alone a month, why are they still in that house? Because the mm. landlord says, oh my God, give me your money or she'll go out your year tonight, my dear. I'm going... Should have thrown her out a week ago then? I mean, she's a very patient landlord because for that time, that time there were, you know, at least 70% of the female population was doing, shall we say, the world old the profession in order mm-hmm. to make the, 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 women, the women board money for the night because it was daily, not just weekly or monthly. So Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. I love the fact how um, Kathy says 50 cent will get her a meal for the day. I'm going, how cheap was the food? I mean, this must be in the 1800s then, because there's no chance on hell 50 cent would get a decent meal in the 1900s. So it must have been in the 1800s. No, must have been. So later on, Sue goes to a job interview at night, alone, Kieran, and it's mm. for some rich merchant. I'm going, yeah, love, octopus hands. Mm, definitely. So when she gets home, the landlady is all over her like a bad rash, demanding payment for a room. Or she can leave that night. So up she she goes to speak to Sue to get her sugar mod money. I'm going, really? <sighs> Jesus Christ. And mm. Kathy has, quote, died in her sleep. But, oh no, Burned Man is in the corner watching. And this freaks her out. So she runs out the window to get help. I love the fact that the landlady's husband just goes, the landlady, you go up the stairs first, it's your house. I was like, <laughs> you fucking shit. I was like, such a manly man. Mm-hmm. So the burnt man chases Sue to a friend's house, hand away, just down the street, you know, as you do. Mm. I love how, though, in that whole chase scene, right, Sue can scale down the side of a building, but it takes her at least three, four seconds to open that fucking fence that she could have quite easily jumped over and then by the time he get down the wall he wouldn't have known which way she went. Yeah. yeah I've got down, like, down here. I've got down here. I've supposed to twist her ankle for crying out loud. I mean, she's a size of boots she was wearing. I thought, like, what the hell? Size of the heels. 
So, <laughs> hmm. uh, so like I said, the, the Birdman chases her down the street and the police are blown for her. <laughs> I love that one. They, <laughs> they just blow the whistle to get the, the cops. Yeah. So, therefore, uh, the telephone was invented in 1876. So, this has to be pre-1876. It had to be. I love the fact that her husband's going, I'm going to phone but the police. Then it- but then again, but then again, we also see the police chief. He picks up a candlestick um, telephone. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So the, the oh. timing is all over the place. This bloody thing. It's like when you say. You know you what? S- it must have been run about that time, and maybe it was very uncommon for most houses to have a phone, and that's how it was probably did by a whistle. Because mm. police were always on the beach, shall we say? Yeah, they were so- always turning around. <laughs> I suppose, but it just annoyed me. I'm like, when are you supposed to be set for crying out loud? Because you're over a bloody place with timeline. I mean, electricity wasn't in, what was it, 1800 nods when electricity yeah. was in the house? So, hmm. I mean, it had been around for a bit, but it was more common in the later part of the 1800. Hmm, hmm. Oh, yes, the phone. That is- uh, blowing for the police. Oh, the fact he goes, I'm going to blow for the police. I'm going, kinky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so he's blowing his little whistle and <laughs> the chase is on and on and on. I'm surprised she didn't fall and twist her ankle, you know? Yeah. Uh, I swear to what, God, they ran past. About, sorry, what yeah. got me about that chasing was well, how was him able to cut her off? It was like there was something. That, she could have came and he didn't see. She had rounded a corner before he rounded the one to see where she went. Yet he was still able to cut her off and appear in front of her. I was like, mm. you know what? I love the fact how they're past the same shop twice. I'm like, right. oh, for fuck's sake. Yep. And I love the fact she takes her shoes off as a weapon. <laughs> yeah, I love that <laughs> one. So she finally makes it to her boyfriend, Scott Andrews, played by Paul Priest. Pearson, mm. Pearson, I think his name. Uh, his mother's house. She is Mrs. Andrews, played by Angela Clark. She tells them what she saw that Kathy was murdered. Also about the burned man, and other fact how the woman's like, oh, stay here tonight. Go, go about it. I'm going. She not stayed there like days before instead of going to this this halfway house and costing her yeah. money. But there we have that mm. one. I love the fact how he goes, oh, mother, what's she doing this time of night? I'm going, why are you? <laughs> oh, never mind. So, maybe <laughs> so hours later, the police show up on bike. I love the fact they're on bikes. I love that one. <laughs> and here we meet Detective Lieutenant Brennan, played by Frank Lovejoy. He asked the landlady what happened, and she tells him she heard a scream but saw nothing because your fucking husband's an idiot, frankly. <laughs> So later on in the night at the morgue, Kathy's body is stolen by the burned man. Mm. Now, see, I worked in a morgue years ago, right? For uh-huh. about a week. Dude, never again. <laughs> uh, and this whole sitting up thing actually does happen and it's creepy yeah. as fuck. So does the, the death groan. Mm. It happens a lot. So does the twitching of arms and twitching of the legs and such. It's like, nope. <laughs> you know? Yeah, it's uh, just, um, what's it called? <clears throat> But you know what? They misinform it in this movie because they say it's caused by the embalming fluid. And you'll know this yourself from having worked in the morgue. But it's not actually caused by embalming fluid, but it's just natural gases, like finding an escape. Yeah. We're no yeah. longer alive. 
I was like, yeah, please don't do things like that if you're not going to get the facts right on it. It's also, depending on how fresh the body is, it's electrical pulses, impulses. Um, yeah. Still in the muscles sort of thing. So, yeah, it depends how, I mean, I was going to go there. Like I say, I remember sitting in this in the morgue, having a, a cup of tea, and I had this boom. <laughs> what the fuck was that? And Sorry, boom. I had a I yeah. dropped my, I dropped my, my, my tea, and it's just the body moving in the, in the fridge, for lack of a mm. better word. Yeah, I was, what the fuck is that, and he goes, I don't want to, it's, it's just the spasms, I was like, nope, I was out there mm. the, uh, by the, that Friday, I was like, no, I can't mm. do this, it's, it's, it's too, too much, you know? Mm. Yeah. Anyway, and it says, so the MD tells Brennan, Kathy was drugged and then strangled via a rope, and she was dead for hours beforehand. The fuck? Mm. So who was who was the rich sugar daddy then? Who drugged her? Yeah, could they say it was put into a drink? So you, it kind of made me wonder then was her, uh, was her new boyfriend planning to? How can I put it politely? How can I put it politely? Put it, take her to bed without her consent. Have mm. put in a drink hour before? Yeah, because the do ask. Um, Sue uh, was the, the the boyfriend uh ugly and he goes, No 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 no, he was he was quite a good looking man according to to Kathy. So mm. I'm thinking, so that's not Vince Price then. And it's no. not Igor or Igor was his fucking name, or the mm. other guy. So was the I mean, did she get a drink um beforehand? Because how long does this drug take to mm. To kick in sort of stuff so hmm. but then we do see that Vincent Price had made a wax uh, a wax model of his face before the fire so it could have been him in that mask but she yeah, was it could, be. it could be it could be so outside uh the morgue we meet Igor played by Charles Bronson and Leon played by Ned Young who was mm-hmm. uncredited due to the McCarthy Red Scare so, hmm, he was blacklisted, apparently. Wow. Oh, yeah, that one. That's an interesting fact for you there. Um, and they sealed the body. I love the fact how they just wrap up the body with, like, a, a rope and throw it out a window. <laughs> what yeah. The fuck? I mean, she's supposed to be your, your um, Joan of Arc, but you just throw it out a window. What the fuck? Yeah. Oh, dear God. Yeah. So, next day, they find Kathy's body is a missing. Mrs. Andrews tells uh, Sue and the cops... Who is not pleased that she didn't report the burned man? I'm going, um, would you even listen to her if, if there was? Because this is supposed to be the 1800s and surely you would listen to her unless she actually, because she would be quote unquote hysterical. Mm. I mean, like I say, is this, this movie kind of wants to be a strong feminist thing or a, a strong woman power thing, but then it talks about how, oh, she's just a woman, let her, let her go sort of thing. I'm going, right. Yeah, that kind of. I almost try to play two two sides of the same coin. It's like, can you make up your mind? Mm, mm. So that afternoon, Wallace uh, goes to see Vincent Price, or sorry, no, Vincent Price, uh, Professor Jared's new extreme waxwork. I've got down here, if Igor is deaf and can't speak, how does he hear the doorbell? Yeah, that. <laughs> Uh, because, like I say, uh, Igor doesn't speak in this at all. He just goes, like, mind stuff, and I'm going, okay then. Mm. So Jared is in a wickerback wheelchair, claiming he is a new man. The fire made him reborn. He is now into shock, gore, and the extreme, the macabre. 
saying he can't walk and he has lost the use of both his hands as he is now completely useless. Right in. I mean, I love the fact that the wheelchair has little bits on top of the wheel so you don't see his hands moving the wheelchair. I thought it was quite yeah. an interesting piece. Mm. Um, I don't know. Like I say, is, is it mean, or is Jared even more off when he returns? Sort of thing. It's like, okay then. Yes, it's like almost the it's the eccentric Jared we meet at the start is gone and there's now a completely disturbed man in his mm. place. It's just, it is completely on it. Uh, completely unnerving. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a great yeah. performance by Prin, by yes. uh, Vincent Price, but completely unnerving at the same time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and the first wax figure he wants to show off is of William Kemmler, the first man to be killed by a chair in mm. New York on the 8th of August, 1890. So when is this set? Yeah, it has to yeah. Be after that. So, it has to be. Hmm. I don't know, like I say, the telephone was invented in 1876, but uh-huh. there, was, there was a telephone in the station, but not in the home. So, hmm, plus mm. there was no electricity in the house, but uh, the electric chair. So, when's this set? <laughs> well, the police and the fire brigade were still horse-drawn, so mm-hmm. it couldn't have been the turn of the 19th century. I have no idea. I don't think they know. I have no idea. Anyway, so Wallace is taken to the basement to see the wax process as Jared heads there via a hidden lift, as you do. Mm. Uh, and the pink wax is actually Pepto-Bismol, apparently. Is it? Yeah, apparently it's, it's wow. heated Pepto-Bismol, as you do. Wow. Uh, so Jared asks for $30,000 order to open up his wax museum. He then shows him the body of Burke in quote wax. I love the fact that he opens up the sort of coffin and he just lets the body just fall face first. I'm going really? <laughs> <laughs> just face plants? I'm like <laughs> just why not? Eh? Yeah, well, he's, he, that's fine. He, uh, why is he not breaking any wax? Um, because um, pass? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Mm. So cue the intermission which I was kind of floored by and apparently this was done to change the reels because it was 3D reels and it took 30 minutes apparently so there was a 30 to 35 minute intermission between the reels my god it's a bad day when a movie's got a, a break in the middle mm. did you notice that wax pouring machine though uh, very like the machine used in Rocky Horror to bring hockey uh, Rocky mm-hmm. to life yes I was about to say that yeah, yeah, yeah. although apparently it wasn't uncommon for movies to have intermissions. I think the intermission stopped in 1962, I want to say. Two yes, because Gone with the Wind had a, mm-hmm. had a, had a break in yeah, the middle of the original. Gone with the Wind is, what, 89 hours long? I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, intermission was not that uncommon until, as I said, to the late 60s or mid-60s. So, yeah, this would be, although 35 minutes is a bit long, it's usually mm. like 10, 15 minutes. But as I says, I did change the reels. And this is 3D, so hmm. Wow. So the grand opening, uh, the guy with the paddle ball and bat is off by 30 years because so far rubber bats, the bat and ball thing, wasn't invented until the 1920s. Yeah. Oh dear. So 
this is the 1890s, but he's got a 1920s invention. Yep. Time traveller right there. <laughs> and this was the first 3D scene. It also breaks the fourth wall. Because um, apparently people in the 50s thought what they balls were going to hit them in the face and they kept on ducking <laughs> to the Oh, no. It's like, oh, for Foxy's last year mints. I mean, Jesus. Mm. By the way, that guy was the most annoying guy ever. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's like bloody hell. Sorry, so Jared shows off his new waxwork, taking great glee and in going into the macabre and gory details mm. of the person's death. And I've got to hear, we'll have to do this personal tour every single time for hours on end, for days after day after day. The end out, or will he have to hire a host to do this? Um, I mean, any self-respecting museum creator would just hire a host, but the type of personality that Jared's got, he, he, he delights in the macabre, so he would mm-hmm. do it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love the fact how two ladies just, just faint, like, oh, the faint. <laughs> and he just pulls it, um, smelling salts, because they go, my dear, smelling salts, I'm going... <laughs> Wow, I mean, yeah, wow. Uh, he was just expecting someone to faint, so mm. you know, yeah. So I've got down, I've got down here. Jared tells the scariest and most sorry, the most scared and most panicked ladies that Kelmer died twelve years earlier, mm-hmm. which means this is now nineteen o two. Is it a time jump? <sighs> I, I have no idea. As I said, I've got down here. Other fact how he just has smelling salts at hand, she hands them to the, to the lady. What do you charge her for the smelling salts? I mean, I would imagine so, but God only knows. Mm. So Sue and Scott are on a date, as you do, to the waxwork. Uh, she spots a dummy and swears it's Kathy. And handily, uh, Scott is a sculptor, as you do. I love that one. He just, just drops it. He's a, he's a sculptor. And I've got down here, why is Kathy dressed as Joan of Arc? Hmm. <laughs> I, I just love the um, contrast and personality <laughs> between Joan of Arc and Kathy Gray. <laughs> like, mm. yeah, <laughs> okay then. I've got down here, is it true that there's no actual pictures of Joan of Arc? Yeah. It was all paintings. And stuff. Well, of course, there were no pictures, what I was saying. But there was no actual records of what she looked like. It was all artist interpretations. It was all artist interpretation, yeah, because she was, in the end, she was burned for her, uh, tried and convicted of heresy, so mm. she was burned as a heretic, so any any image of her would have been destroyed after that. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. I love the fact how uh, Scott sees Sue crying over the Joan of Arc, saying, it's Cathy, it's Cathy, is then shot down as she's quote-unquote in shock. It's mm. supposed to be months after... Kathy's death, but they keep on brushing Sue's concerns, saying, no, 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 you're just being a typical woman. I'm like, oh my God. Um, yeah. Out of nowhere, Jared wheels up and calms her nerves, saying he used pictures of Kathy as references. I'm going, were photographs that um, detailed? <laughs> no. Sure. No, they would have been grainy. God, mm. even pictures... Even some photo, especially photos that are printed in the newspaper from like the actual 50s and 60s are grainy as all hell. So can you imagine them from like the the, the turn of the century? Mm. Yeah, yeah. So out of nowhere, Jared hires Scott on the spot 
as you do. I mean, why not? Uh, he then tells Sue she is the spitting image of his Marie Antoinette, and she must model for him. The stranger danger, love. <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> Uh, that night, the bird man stalks Sue and tries to kidnap her, but she wakes up screaming and he runs for it. As you do. <laughs> I mean, I was going, maybe if he had a quieter outfit and then this big stupid ridiculous cape you're wearing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we get somewhere. Yeah. Good. So days later, Scott takes Sue to see Can Can Girls. And this was too shocking for her to handle. And apparently this is the only other 3D scene there is. And apparently this was shocking that it was almost banned in certain states in America because it did <laughs> show can-can girls doing the can-can. I'm like, oh, for wow. God's sake. So, hmm. Oh, they have so, to get an image of all these people <laughs> if you sitting in the cinema ducking because then they're going to get kicked in the head. Yeah, kicked in the face by the can-can <laughs> girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's, she's got flannickers on. <gasps> Me pearls, you know, for crying out loud. It's like... <laughs> Oh, wow. um, so Sue is still bang on about how uh, she thinks Kathy is Joan of Arc mm. uh, and she's right because apparently Kathy had one earpiece where um, usually uh, prostitutes, let's face it, Kathy was a prostitute um, had both ears done but she had one ear done for reasons and she noticed that the Joan of Arc had one ear done but not the other ear, so how would Jared know about that because it's a precise detail precisely yeah, exactly. I mean, so next day, Sue tells the police she thinks Kathy is Joan of Arc at the waxwork, and it's just laughed at because apparently she's an hysterical woman. Funny, haha. I'm going, mm. this is fucking ridiculous. Either you believe her or you don't. Yeah, but don't take the piss out of her <laughs> yeah. in between it and laugh in her face, literally. Oh my god. So Sue returns to view Joan of Arc yet again. At the same time, the cops are looking into her claims, so they believe her then, but they don't believe so, her then. The, yeah, they're suspicious enough that, mm. you know, rather than say to her face, we'll look into it, they go, aye, okay, whatever. And then the mm. minute it's out the door, it's like, yeah, back, background check on that. Mm-hmm. So Jared catches her and he shows her a head in a box, as you do. Why not? That he can work from a picture. Um, write it in. I mean, apparently the actress actually kept that head in a box. <laughs> As you do. <laughs> Could you imagine waking up, you, you find a head in a box. Why would you want your own, why would you want a whack sculpture of your own head in a box? I have no idea. Apparently it was a thing because, as I said to you in one of the other podcasts, um, oh God, what was his name? Uh, da, 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 da. shit, I've got his name now. The guy from uh, the, the guy from um, Comedy of Terrors. Um, no, the short. Yeah. That one. He had his head uh, made out of wax, and it freaked him the fuck out. But he kept that. Also, wow. David Warner kept his head from the the Omen. His wife has it above the mantelpiece. <laughs> oh my goodness. Anyway, so it must be a thing to have your head uh, done of wax. Must be. Hmm. So the, the cops find out the wax works looks like a lot, rather, a lot of the wax works look like dead people that have been missing for weeks, if not months. Mm. They know Jared is not on the up and up, so they have suspicions, but they can't arrest him because why? I mean, if, if you've got proof that the, the uh, John Wilkes Booth guy looks like the missing DA, there's a whole story about a DA but missing months earlier. 
Yeah. Which is dropped. I'm like, right. So you've got like six or seven people dead and going missing, and the shop in this workshop. But you're thinking, but they can't be. That must be looking like so I'm going arrest him then. <laughs> yeah, and they, they even look at Jarrah's old business partner and hmm. go, well, even got the crook in the neck and thing. If only we could find them to see. Now, like, yeah, you're literally looking at the body, like, you mm. know. Yeah, yeah, it's ridiculous. So, Brennan digs into Jared's past, uh, asking if that is indeed the same Professor Jared that had died five years earlier. Yes, it is. So, it's been five years mm. um, since he was set afire. So, yeah. Mm. Okay, then. So, it took two, so it took, what, three years to have that house of wax built and all done up. Yes, and we make all those models and convince all those people to work for them and stealing the dead and yeah. Mm, mm. Although I've seen that it's hardly hard work. All I have to do is drench the dead body in oil, uh, oil and uh, wax, and there we have it, and just pose it. So hmm. yeah, pose it and put it in wax <clears> and let it harden. Yeah. Mm. So the cops think that Leon is actually Carl Hendrick, a killer artist who went missing several years earlier so he's brought in and luckily he's a bloody alcoholic mm. i'm like okay because they're torturing with the whole glass of, of whiskey in front of him and all that stuff now in the original movie he's a heroin addict uh-huh. not alcoholics but they changed that because that, this is already given an x rating and that would have banned it immediately <laughs> a heroin addict <clears throat> mm. um so scott is then working on ahead as you do Jared finds out Sue's coming over for a date for her birthday, so he sends Scott to get flowers and puts uh, sets a trap for her. I'm going, why the hell would you want to have your girlfriend at your job? You've been there for months and months and months to show her what exactly? I mean, she's seen all the exhibits, so what is she supposed to see? Yeah. I mean, she was meant to be meeting them there and then they were going out for her birthday, but... Yeah, why not just say, well, look, I'll pick you up a little bit later from work, not, hmm. you know. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. So Leon is arrested and searched on him. His person is the missing DA's pocket watch. They now have him on that, but the cops grill him and he spills all for one small glass of whiskey. I'm like, fucking hell, talk about a bit of a um, arse wipe, isn't it? One yeah. glass of whiskey and he turns him over. It's like, bloody hell. Wow. So he says that the Jared killed Kathy, stole her body, killed Burke, and then killed the DA and stole their body. And Sue is next for, for the chop, mm. right under the bus for that one, you know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like just all of that for one little, one little um, one little glass of whiskey. My God. Mm. Mm, yeah, yeah. So Sue breaks into the House of Wax. Faith Kathy is Joan of Arc. Shock horror. Mm. A wig. Under over her blonde hair, he tries to say to me, he didn't even shave the fucking or scalp the body, it just puts a wig on top of you. Just put her wig, yeah. Oh my god, Jared chases her uh, as Igor locks the doors. Igor then stalks after her, and then he just stops. And then Igor's head is mixed in with the other heads. Uh, this is exactly lifted from the 1930s movie, I've got in here. <laughs> so Jared gets up from the wheelchair and chases Sue around the place. She is then. Knocked out, as you do, uh, but not before she knocks his face mask off. And how the hell does wax make you talk about it? That was like, really? Yeah, I was like, <laughs> oh, okay, I can see him making a mask, but 
Uh, how the hell did they get the lips to move? Mm, I have to get the expressions. So mm. the face mask falls off, and he is the Burning Man, the shot to nobody. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> mm. She then faints, and she's stripped naked. So Jared plans to dip her in wax. I'll go down here. Director wanted uh, Phyllis Kirk to go completely naked. She says no, and he kept on pulling down her bra more and more and more and more. And at which point she says, look, I'm what is it? I'm flat chested. I'm like my father. I have no boobs to see, so fuck off. <laughs> so, yeah. So he wanted her to lie there completely topless as this hot pink gooey stuff is, is put over her body. She's like, fuck off. Would you like chase yourself? Yeah, yeah. So the cops rush into the waxworks. Scott runs in to save Sue, but it's almost loses his head on the guillotine after he fights Igor. And I've got, oh my God, this fight is ridiculous also. What is he? He hits him with a pike or something like that and then he pulls a sword and he's like, what the fuck? Yeah, and he throw, what is it? He throws a chair at him and you're like, oh, sake. So Sue comes to as Jared drugs her. Okay then. The cops rescue Sue last minute as the wax starts to overheat and it causes the building to blow up. But not before Jared pulls a joker and falls into the wax. Mm. And I'm going, that's your climatic ending. The fucking... <laughs> yeah. Which, that whole when he had... When he uh, when Henry caught Sue, mm-hmm. before he put her in the big vat thing for the wax, that whole Henry confused me because everyone else, he murdered first, where he was literally just going to knock her unconscious with drugs and then... I'm a yeah. boiler alive. I was yeah, like, yeah, alive. I was like, that's fucked up. Mm, mm. So days later, Sue gets a little head, they laugh and freeze frame as credits roll. The fuck, you mm. know? I mean, mm. so that was House of Wax. Even though this is less than eighty minutes long, this fucker drags. Mm. My God, it feels like maybe this had forty-five minutes of um, plot. Because in the 1933 one is only, I think it's an hour long, hour and mm. ten minutes long. Um, this fucker drags. Price isn't as hammy as he is later on in life. And this is just flat. Plus this movie is sexist as fuck. Mm. And I don't know. I mean, they don't believe Sue because she's a woman. They think she's an aesthetical woman because there's no chance that's actually a cafe. There's no chance that's the DA. No chance that's Burke. No da, da, da. And I'm going... Really, mate? I mean, at least check. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. And the whole ending just falls flat. And the fact that he's a accomplice gives him up over one drink, it's like, yeah, yeah, you know, so, mm. Mm. what do you say? Yeah. I mean, look, you've got to praise the acting a bit for this movie. Um, For what it was, I thought the majority of the acting was pretty good. I mean, Bronson had a mute with just genius in my book <laughs> mm. but um and there's this whole although the timeline jumps about all over the place which annoys me there is an undercurrent of like a dickensian style theme under there which i do like but sadly for me that's where the praises end because mm. like you say you know it's sexist it's you know oh hysterical women take no notice of her um and as for the content of the movie, like, where is it? Because there is none for a movie that's full of running, fighting, screaming, you name it, it's in it. 
there's nothing happening. Mm. Even the dialogue just makes everything fall flat. And I know that's a, a movie that's almost 70 years old, so style and, change, and taste are going to change. But mm. for me, this is, and this is probably terrifying, and it's doing the best things in life bread. But for me, it's not a movie from that either that, you know, still puts the same impact now, which is sad because... For a cat, you know, it should have blown us all away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, Vincent Price is good in this, but he's kind of flat. He's kind of lifeless. It's, it's just a, a bit limp. You know, yeah. where's the over-the-top acting I was expecting from later on in his career? But this is just me. You took, yeah, you took the words right out of my mouth. For what we know Vincent Price goes on to do after this, this almost feels like a movie that I had the end of his career, not the restart of it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. I mean, like I say, there's, there's plots here that are brought up and then just dropped. Like, the mm-hmm. DA goes missing, what was it, months and months earlier? Yeah. And nothing's done about that one. And people yeah. are dying and bodies being gone missing for months, but it's just mm-hmm. dropped. And it's just I like, mean, mm-hmm. we never ever find out when Henry first sees Cathy and... Um, Kathy mm. to decide she's his Joan of Arc. I mean, we know when he first decides that he wants Sue to be Marie Antoinette because he sees her at the museum, but how did he ever first, where he had initial contact with Kathy that makes her uh, her target? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There is none of that, you know? Exactly. So, mm, mm, yeah, exactly, exactly. But like I say, this thing was the first. Uh, commercial successful 3D movie so it has that going for it but mm. this was an X-rated movie from the 50s and I don't see why this is X-rated I mean nope. fair enough the so-called scary makeup is maybe a bit too much for a 50s audience but today this just looks like a bad face mask he's wearing you know it, I mean, yeah. I don't know I mean apparently Vincent Price was what was it, an hour, 90 minutes to get that thing on? And 45 wow. minutes to get it off? Good grief. So, mm, mm, I don't know. This just, I don't know, just, it just falls flat for me. Yeah, definitely lacking in a lot of things. Like, for, again, like I said, for a movie that's got a lot of things going on in it, there's nothing happening. Mm. Like, you literally think, why? Where's the build-up for this to be happening? Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was just going, Karen. I mean, I get this is this is Vincent Price's big comeback movie, and I get this is the world's first 3D commercial 3D movie, mm. and I get like, this was a, a gimmick and a fad starter, but really, I mean, this is it. There's like I say, there's four or five minutes of of actual plot in this. The rest of it is just padding and filler. Yeah, I'm but, very yeah. bad mm. once at mm. that. I know. Yeah, so it scored us out of five, one being dog shit and five being solid gold. Now, I'm going to give this thing a two out of five. So what do you say? Yeah, I'm giving it a two also. Not a movie I'll be returning to watch anytime soon, I don't think. No, I mean, I had this as a wet Sunday after a movie, but even then, no. I mean, it just fails. It's a limp I mean, if you want a great movie from the 50 for a wet Sunday afternoon, there are plenty of other thrillers mm. out there. Plenty yes. of other Vincent Price ones out there if you want a, yes. a, a Price fix, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. The Fly, for instance. I mean, yeah. 
Um, right then, let's wrap this up then. So thank you for listening. Don't forget to like, share, comment and subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter at 2GeeksPod. You can follow me on Twitter at Here's Johnny's Pod. And you can follow Joanne on Twitter at 2GeeksJoanne. Thank you. You can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at 2GeeksTalkMovies. And we also have an email address. I want to email us a movie suggestion to 2GeeksTalkMovies at gmail.com. Now, our next movie will be do you want to doing a Valentine's Day movie? Do you want to? Okay then, let's do it's it. It's all romantic and, and lovey-dovey. No, I'm kidding. On. We mm. can do something. <laughs> mm, <laughs> no. mm. Um, well, I'm going to do an obscure uh, mid-80s okay. Valentine's horror called X-Ray. Ooh. Uh, I, watched that. I watched that not that long ago. Oh god, aka mm-hmm. what was this called again? Hold, hold, uh, again, hospital massacre, aka yeah. be my Valentine or else. Yes. So that's a good sign if it's got three titles. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then our after that one, our next fifties movie will be what was it? Invasion of Body Snatchers, wasn't that's it? Yeah. The one. Yeah. Kidding. So listen to the ones and give us a like, share, and comment. A eh, bye.